this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. Our taping is made possible with the support of Raider, a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. The generosity of Oxner Lafayette General also makes this podcast possible. As Acadiana's largest regional health system, including two teaching hospitals and the region's only level two trauma center with more than 5,500 employees, Oxner Lafayette General strives to put patients first and make caring their top priority. In continuous efforts to reach more patients, Oxner Lafayette General provides services throughout Acadiana and facilitates telemedicine throughout the state, making healthcare more accessible for everyone. For more information, visit oxnerlg.org. Support for this podcast comes from HomeBank, providing mobile app and account notification technology to help customers detect fraudulent activity because security is knowing. Find more tips to bank securely at home24bank.com. Home Bank, member FDIC. We're focusing today on CASA, court-appointed special advocates of South Louisiana. CASA works to break the cycle of child abuse and neglect. Through its volunteers, CASA advocates for safe, permanent, and nurturing homes for children who, through no fault of their own, have been removed from their homes and must rely upon the court to decide their future. And it's very important to know that CASA depends on its dedicated volunteers who investigate and monitor cases involving children in foster care. We're joined today by Heather Blanchard, CASA's Executive Director, to learn more about the group's work and also their upcoming May 12th Superheroes event. Heather, thank you for joining me on Discover Lafayette. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This is fun. I love you. You work 24-7. I know you're a busy mom. Yes. You know, wife of Kevin, which probably is a full-time job. (laughs) And you're also the chief operating officer of United Way as you run CASA. Yes. So I like that nonprofits have learned that to leverage the most resources it's good to have some of you kind of crossing over in your jobs. Yes, I have been with nonprofits pretty much my whole career. And one of the things that I'm so excited about, and and when I took the CASA position, I told the board, you know, it's a small program and it needed a bigger home. It needed a, 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 a home that could help take care of, even though we had plenty of money in the bank, we had diversified funds, we we were stable, um, but there was we could do so much more um, mm-hmm. being with a larger organization. So we created a partnership, uh, a management agreement with United Way of Acadiana, and it gave us a nice place to live. So we have yeah. a good environment. You don't have to pay your own, you know, separate rent, separate utilities, correct? Everything. But the best part was we were all. It was always a staff of about five or six, so we could never have health insurance benefits for employees. So becoming um, this allowed all of our staff to mm-hmm. become employees of United Way. And so they all get health insurance benefits now. And it's really helped me maintain staff, keep staff longer and things like that. So it's really been a great uh, partnership. We were very proud of it. I'm glad. I used to run a nonprofit, Upper Lafayette Economic Development, and I would get younger, like one assistant 
we could never offer benefits. And so I saw the revolving door mm-hmm. of really talented people leaving for like a little bit higher salary, but really benefits and more stability. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad for you. Yeah. So let me tell you, I've always heard about CASA, and I want to repeat again, court-appointed special advocates, and you represent South Louisiana. This is all over the country. My best friend has volunteered in Dallas. This is a need no matter where we go. We have children, as I said in the introduction, through no fault of their own, end up out of their their family of origin. Mm-hmm. And they are um, they're in the system. And they're having to deal with the court, being uprooted, and probably wondering what what their next day is going to be. Right. So talk about the mission, please, of CASA. Yeah. So what we we uh, take community volunteers who commit to a year or more, um, who commit to working directly with the children and their families. And when you go to our site and you go to the superhero page, you'll see some sidekick stories. And those are really good examples. But one that I'll share is, and I'll give you an example of a child that came into care as a teenager, didn't have um, their, their parents' rights had been terminated, um, and she was kind of um, a difficult child, like most teenagers, you know, but of course, probably a little bit more being in foster care, and uh, so really didn't have anywhere to go, and an aunt had uh, taken her in and was a single mom herself with young children, and um, the CASA had been visiting, and even though the aunt loved her and wanted to support her because of her, her discipline problems, the aunt just was, I can't, I can't do this right now. Well, so the CASA volunteer, having raised several teenagers herself, started meeting with the um, aunt on a regular basis and helped be kind of that disciplined partner with her and set up some good, hey, let's like, how are we going to discipline her for this and that kind of thing and, and set up like very clear expectations of Mm -hmm. what the expectations were at home and at school. And really once that happened, the child flourished and the aunt ended up adopting the child. It ended up being this wonderful story. So the teen never had to leave her second home. Like she was with family at least. Yes. Wow. Yes. And it was all, and and a lot of times because the aunt just needed the support, you know, Mm -hmm. she didn't know she was young herself, hadn't like I'm raising teens, I need help, you know? So, uh, and having, you know, having that support of someone who had done it before, yeah. um, and helping set those expectations, um, and being a single mom herself. So it really helped that child, um, mm-hmm. to not have to go into a group home or things like that. So that's just one example of what a CASA advocate can do. I mean, they go in and they work with teachers, they counselors, they ensure, but ultimately at the end of the day, they write a court report to the judge on this is what's happening in the child's life. And this is where we think that they should be placed permanently. You know, they're Mm -hmm. kind of his, what we like to say is their eyes and ears for the judge. So the volunteers don't have to be a psychiatrist, psychologist, or social worker. Mm -hmm. They are just people like you and me that Right. Care. They do go through 30 hours of training, Mm -hmm. but yes, they're just people who care and it's an independent third party objective. Mm -hmm. This is what we see, you know, and and a lot of support to the biological family or the foster family, you know, just to kind of help them because most of the time it's lack of resources, lack of knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, so just another person to kind of give support to a family in a difficult time. What is your typical volunteer? Do you have like a 
you know, stereotypical person. Well, I always say our best volunteers are retired teachers. I was saying that because <laughs> they, they can be tough and disciplined and loving. Yes. Right. Yes. But they're and not they, going to take guff. Right. And they've yeah. seen all different walks of life, you know, so mm-hmm. they understand, you know, what we, how we raised our children is not necessarily how every child needs to be raised. And so they understand that part too. But yeah, we have a lot of amazing retired teachers, but, um, but really we have people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. So. so would you define for me what foster care is? I know that CASA doesn't take the children in their homes, but what what is foster care and how does a child end up in that situation? Yeah, so, um, and it's changing a lot, um, but foster care could be any kind of neglect or abuse. And if, and really, you know, nowadays they don't remove a child generally from a, a home unless there's harm. Mm -hmm. They're going to be in harm's way. Um, And a lot of times now what they'll do is even keep the child in a home and do a a monitor. So like somebody will go into the home and do a monitor to watch and kind of make sure things are okay if they don't feel like the child's in dark. Because we know that removing a child from a home, no matter what's going on, that's very traumatic and and the child has to deal with that. So we really don't want to remove um, a child unless we absolutely have to. Um, So, and we'll even have CASAs on those cases too, where we are working in the home with with a family. The family Mm -hmm. of origin. So the children might just be like around someone who did drugs or neglected them as far as like maybe went out gambling and just right. didn't check on them or right. something. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. Like what, Most of the time it's really neglect and just not they leave them at home. Mm-hmm. I had a volunteer one time tell me that, uh, she said, you know, I, I realized and that, uh, a mom, she had, gotten her children taken away. And it really was because she didn't know she was feeding her children. And one time she went in and she was feeding them and just threw chips on the floor for them to eat. But that's how she was raised. She didn't know any better, you know? And so like, we just have to, a lot of it is just, it's, it's training and support and, and providing the plates, you know, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so sometimes it, it, it can be that easy. You know, right. it wasn't that that mom loved her children any less. That was just... She didn't know. She didn't know, and and, and that's what they had. Mm-hmm. So so you represent more than Lafayette Parish. I mean, you're um, yeah. in this little region here in Acadiana. Yes, so their divide, CASAs are divided up by judicial districts, and so we're in the 15th judicial district, mm-hmm. which is Lafayette, Acadia, and Vermilion. Um, so that's, that's the areas we serve. So the judges in the 15th JDC, they probably want to hear from CASA volunteers. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like an independent observation. Yeah. Our, our judges are very, um, supportive and, and, and love us a lot. (laughs) You know, they talk about their CASAs and how much Mm -hmm. they appreciate their CASAs. Um, so, um, it's, it's a usually, um, a great, support system for them and the DCFS worker. Ideally, in an ideal situation, we're supporting that family mm-hmm. services worker and supporting the court system or even the attorneys, you know, right. whatever needs to happen um, in a way that kind of helps the best outcome for the child. It seems like I've read in the paper, um, and I still read the paper paper, that there's been a real shortage of, at the state level, workers for the state government yes. that can monitor situations. If you can touch on that, because I'm sure you fill in gaps with yeah. this with this shortage. Oh yes, there is definitely a shortage and, and the turnover is very high as you I'm can sure imagine. It's hard work. Yes, very hard work. And it's hard to keep, you know, every time I talk to the um 
DCFS, you know, managers and stuff, they're always looking for new people to kind of come in because they just, they can't keep them. Um, and generally the people that are coming in as investigators or as caseworkers are young people coming right out of school, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, so that's hard too. So what we like to do is provide a lot of resources, um, you know, because what happens when there's a lot of turnover on the family services side, you know, they, a family is required. Okay. You're required to go to counseling. You're required to go to parenting classes. You're required, but then the family doesn't know how to do it or they don't have transportation to it or Or two jobs or no job. And yeah, right. So we try to work with them to figure out how to get them there, sign them up for those classes, make sure that they have childcare for them to go to those classes, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and, and, do they? Can we get food for them for those nights that they can't be at home to cook, so that they can get to those classes? You know that kind of stuff. So right. um, it's kind of that one-on-one coaching, supporting that really I think can help bring because a lot of our families are generational, right? Like they're they're in foster care, their parent was in foster care, their grandparent was in foster care, um, and, and they're I, young. Huh? Yes, and I mean I have been I've been involved with Casa since. I mean, for 20 something years on and off. It was, it was actually my first job out of college. It was? (laughs) Yes. Uh, It was my first job out of college. And, um, and so I, and I did it for several years and then moved on, actually sat on the board for six years and then came back. Yeah. So, um, so I have been involved enough that I have seen generational, um, Mm -hmm. myself. And, and that is a lot of it is that because when families are faced with so much poverty and so much that, you know, there's no resources. So they know, well, if I go into care, at least I can get these resources. And I think a lot of the new way of thinking that's coming through on the state level is like, let's figure out how to give those resources before they come into care. Because once a child comes to care, it costs our state a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So let's, it's going to cost a lot less if we give some more resources on the front end and try. So a lot of our work that we're trying to do on CASA and United Way is that prevention work. Like what can we do to keep families out of care? Because number Mm -hmm. one, we know it's going to stop the trauma in the family. That's what I was thinking. And then uh, number two is- the child's life can be righted. Yes. And then chances are they're not going to look at it as an option for whenever they have children, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's going to save our state money because it's very, very costly. So before we take a break, because I do want to talk about the funding, your board and your event coming up for superheroes on May 12th. In your experience, I didn't realize how many years you've been doing this. Do you think by the time most of these children are in foster care, that's really the better place for them? Is this something that, can you speak on that? I mean, is it hard to answer that? Yeah. I mean, every case is so different. I mean, ultimately I would say nine times out of 10, a child is going to be better with their family, you know, yeah. with their family of origin and want to be with their family mm-hmm. of I origin. I know they want to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, and for, when we enter a case, they're always coming in as a, a reunification. That's always the first goal, kind of no to matter. To get them back with yeah. their mom or dad. Mm-hmm. And so, because you always give um, as much, and, and a lot of times it, it works. Like a lot of times we, the the family is the parent is able to go through rehab or whatever it is um, to do it, um, and so 
but yes, most of the time, the the children are going to be better off if they're with a family of origin. And the best stories that come out are when the children get back to the family of origin and still have a relationship long term with the foster family oh, or with Acosta. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had, we did a round table with um, a, a bio mom who her child had been removed actually two different times and she had her child back and she was talking about her casa. I didn't even realize she had a casa and she said, and even though it happened years ago, she said her casa still is a person in her life. And like when she has hard days, she'll call her. So um, it's beautiful. You know, so it's, it's, it's building that support system mm-hmm. through foster parents, through Casas, you know, it, it's figuring out how to support those that are just going through a really difficult time. Right, right. Well, let's hold that thought. Um, in every interview, we look back and reflect back on somebody we interviewed earlier. And I thought Missy Andrade might be a good one. This is when she was still local with Boys and Girls Club of Acadiana. And the local clubs in Acadiana serve almost 5,000 kids annually in Lafayette, Vermilion, Iberia, and St. Landry Parishes. Their mission is to enable all young people, especially those who need us most, to reach their full potential as productive, caring, responsible citizens. And I can't think of a better way to spend your life as a volunteer than mm-hmm. working with Boys and Girls Club or being a CASA yes. volunteer. So you can hear Missy's interview along with many others at discoverlafayette.net. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please consider subscribing to Discover Lafayette wherever you get your podcast. And now, the moment. Everything that we do behind our doors is intended to be, number one, fun and safe. Safety is a foundational piece of what we do. But there are structured activities and programs going on that are intended um, to support three things, academic success, good character and citizenship, and healthy lifestyles. So... Kids who come to our clubs in the afternoons have to do their homework, and we have uh, mentors and staff on site who are going to help them do that. Um, Many of the kids that uh, come to our club, they're coming from a single parent, non-traditional household. Um, They may or may not have someone who's doing homework with them in the afternoons. And many of the parents rely on us Mm -hmm. to ensure that that's happening. So we want to make sure that uh, we are doing all that we can um, to help them to be successful in that space. If they don't have homework, uh, we have high yield activities that we do with the kids that are intended to make their little brains work. Mm -hmm. So what are the different games that we can play that encourage critical thinking or problem solving? So even if they're not physically doing their homework, let's do something productive with them that will help to develop. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. We're here with CASA, the court-appointed special advocates of South Louisiana's executive director, Heather Blanchard. So you mentioned briefly about funding, but I know you've got a big event coming up, but you have to do, I'm sure, a lot of fundraising to make CASA work year round. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. We, um, by, you know, we're, CASA's written into the children's code. So we're, you know, that's that, so that, you know, which allows us to get on a case and the judge appoints us to the case. Um, And part of our national standards is that an advocate supervisor who oversees our children, can only 
supervise up to 40 children. So, um, so we're at max, you know, so I can only have as many, um, serve as many children as I have staff to pay to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so that's kind of how we, uh, and, and it's, I think it's put there so that we don't get overrun and overburdened Mm -hmm. like the state system, you know? So, um, but we, so that we are constantly grant writing, fundraising, that kind of thing to raise funds. You don't get direct funding we, from the state? We okay. do get uh, some funding through, it's actually through the Supreme Court um, they, that FINS, I think, and um, Drug Court and mm-hmm. CASA all get money through the uh, Supreme Court. And we have since, um, I think, 99 or something like that, Um and uh, so we do get those funds, and then uh, we get some Victims of Crime Act funds mm-hmm. um, through that, and then uh, some local grants here and there. Children's Louisiana Children's Trust Fund is another one of our funding sources. Um, and then, so we do several grants that mm-hmm. maintain us on a regular basis. Um, and then these events like Superhero is really kind of, and we really wanted a signature event. I mean, of course, to raise money because we need to do that. But also there's Awareness. just still so many people that don't know right. what CASA is. Um, so we really wanted something out there that hopefully will grow into an event that people mm-hmm. go, oh yeah, that's CASA's event. So that's what that's we're important. Because yeah. I mean, I'm a lawyer, so I had heard about CASA. Mm-hmm. But honestly, there's so many nonprofits and so many great causes. Right. You can lose track of who does it's what. True. It is very yeah. true. <laughs> so talk about the May 12th event. Yes. Where is it at? How can people find out about it? Yes, and- it's going to be at the Trust Room. Where you can look it up is casaofsola.org backslash superhero. Um, and yes, you can buy tables, you can buy individual tickets, um, and it's just going to be a fun event with, um, we're going to do a wine pull and a silent auction, and we're going to really celebrate our casas that are doing amazing things. And of course, we have our superheroes that we're going to um, announce and, and, and promote to, to just kind of help us build up the event. I think so, all the volunteers are superheroes. I know. It's, yeah. it's true. It's true. So you think there's probably a lot of, um, I guess, domestic lawyers and others that are involved in the system that see how families are, are torn apart. Right. And yes. need help. Yes. Yeah. I mean, most of ours are, um, you know, through the DA you know, system, but we have, um, we do have a lot of attorneys that support and, you know, like you said, you knew it because you were an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we are, it's the event is open to anyone and it's going to be a really fun event. And I think it's a good event for us to kind of highlight what the CASAs do because they do devote so much time mm-hmm. and so much of their effort. You know, I, um, I, I can't imagine what it's like every time they leave their husband or their, their children, you know, to go and do all this work. Help that, another family. Yes. And yeah. I know that sometimes that's got to be hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hope that we can appreciate them in front of their families enough that, that they'll let them right. continue to do to it. Continue to do it. <laughs> Tell me about your board. You must have a very dedicated board of directors. Yes. We have a really you. good board. Yes. Uh, Larry Attenhofer is our board president oh, yeah. right now. Hancock and, uh, Whitney. Yes. He is great. He is great. He uh, is great. I know. He's involved in so many things. In fact, he just got listed on our state board for uh, Louisiana Casa. So um, he just got put on that board. But um, yeah, it's a it's a great board. It's it's small. And especially now with our uh, management agreement with um, United, 
kind of way. way. It, it makes things very easy. Um, but yeah, it's, and we're always looking for new board members. So anybody that's ever interested, we're always looking for those mm-hmm. and committee members to help run events. So for anybody that doesn't like to, there maybe feels like the CASA advocate is too much of a commitment, we could use volunteers in other ways mm-hmm. too. So. Right. Is there anything else that goes on throughout the year that you want to mention besides the May 12th event? Do you have other things that go on? Not really. We um, April is Child Abuse Prevention Month, and um, so we do quite a bit of publicity during that month, and we have um, our uh, Day at the Capitol, and we just did that. Who goes to that? Uh, our volunteers and staff. Um, and we like act- to introduce themselves to the legislators? Like yes. We're the people that you're helping. Yeah. And yeah. they did a lot for us this year. It was really nice. We had... Um, uh, Judge Weimer from the Supreme Court oh, yeah. was there, and he yeah. he talked a lot about us mm-hmm. uh, at the um, at the at his speech. So it was really good. Mm-hmm. I think um, we get a lot of support from them. So they, yeah. they're I think they're very proud to have their, the funding come through them to support mm-hmm. the CASA in, this, in the state. Well, if I can put you on the spot, I'm just curious. Yeah. You obviously are passionate about your service. Mm-hmm. What like if you can talk about maybe the one or two things that you look at that make this worthwhile, you know, in your 20 something years of experience, mm-hmm. what do you look back on and, and realize this is why I'm doing this? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that like excites me the most still, I guess, today after doing it all is especially the work, the prevention side of the mm-hmm. work, you know, is like, hey, how do we make changes in how we approach things so that children don't have to go through a lot of these things. And then working, you know, with United Way, the exciting part of that is is being able to do that prevention work, but also working with all the different agencies that are working to do, you know, all the different parts. And, and you know, one of the things that we see, especially with children and families in foster care system, is, you know, they, they're put in the system and they're said, okay, here's your case plan. Here's what you have to do to be able to get your children back. Well, there was a federal review that they came down and did a review and they said only like about 23% were, had enough resources to be able to, to meet do their case plan. Right. So Resources such as such money, as transportation, Transportation, time. right. Yeah. Uh, counseling services, mm-hmm. all kind of stuff. And so really what I find is in so many of nonprofit organizations, you know, we provide counseling, we provide food, we provide shelter, we provide all those, but we're not doing it collectively. You know, we're not doing it in a way that like where one family can get all the support they need to mm-hmm. really move them from emergency need up to self-sufficiency, yeah. you know? And so to be able to work in that realm and to bring and change how we do work to be to to bring families to that self-sufficient mm-hmm. level um, is really kind of what drives me personally day to day. So that partnership with United Way is so special yeah, because they can offer a lot of the, they can connect the dots yes. for you. And you know, Heather, you know, we're sitting here as adults, but we've all been children and the things that we go through as children stay with us our whole lives. Correct. And some people are blessed to have a happy-go-lucky you know, supportive childhood. Yeah. And so many aren't. Yeah. 
And then we will perpetuate it if we can't break that cycle. Right. And I mean, we now have science that tells us through the ACEs that the more you have in your life, the more it's going to affect your health as an mm-hmm. adult, you know? So um, those that trauma that you face as a child does affect you. And it does affect your children, you know? Oh, your grandchildren. Yeah. You know, your whole, yeah. 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 Was there anything you thought I would ask that I didn't? Um, no, Did I, I forget anything. No, I don't think so. I hope not. I don't think so. I love, I love you. I love your cause, and I'm honored to be. I'll be at the May 12th um, superheroes event, yes. and I'm looking forward to that. And I want to invite people to go check out your website. Just yeah. look up Casa C A S A of South Louisiana, and yeah. it comes up. Yeah. But it's going to be a wonderful event. But um, these are the things. These moving the needle. For individual families moves the needle for our whole community. It does. It does. And mm-hmm. look, we appreciate you being a superhero for well, us this year. I want to mention that, but <laughs> I'm honored. Well, we, I mean, it just, you know, it's, it's hard to build those first couple of years of an event like this. So to get people committed to come in and help with those for, it's easy once you got something established, but yeah, uh, it is it's hard. It's hard the first couple of years. So anybody listening, really... nonprofit work is not easy <laughs> <laughs> and it is nonstop. Right. Right. So, so thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. Thank it's you. my pleasure. So Heather Blanchard, CEO of Court Appointed Special Advocates of South Louisiana, known as CASA, thank you for joining us. I'd like to thank our listeners. Thank you for your support. If you haven't subscribed again, please go to wherever you get your podcast. You can just click the podcast button and subscribe to Discover Lafayette. And we have about 260, 270 interviews on discoverlafayette.net. I couldn't do this without our sponsors. I want to stop and thank them. First of all, Oxner, Lafayette General, Home Bank, and Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound so much better than it would if it was just coming out of my study as we're doing today. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift. Jan Swift.